Today we recap match day 10 as United save Ole for now. Tottenham do their best to get Nuno sacked, which he was, after a 3-0 defeat to the aforementioned United side. Big side slip up as City and Liverpool drop points at home. We'll also touch on everything from Chelsea's win at Newcastle to the lifeline that was Burnley's win. Don't look now, but everything's coming up Arsenal. All that in previewing match week 11 on this week's episode of the Premiership Perusal Podcast. Manchester City are still alive here. Balotelli, Aguero! Back, Fuchs. And the ball in behind Damian Bunny! You are an ostrich. Well, your head must be in the sand. Is your head in the sand? Can you, are you flexible enough to get your head in the sand? Now the fans are shouting every week, Louis van Gaal's army! Louis van Gaal's army! Feet after a fabulous start, the game just got away from you there. I have nothing, nothing to say. Nothing to say about the game at all. What up, Hank? How's it going? We're we're chilling, double digits, chilling like a villain. Numero cinco plus cinco equals ten in Spanish. Never got that far. Well, we'll leave it at cinco cinco. Cinco cinco. Okay, okay, <laughs> that's five, right? Cinco. Yes, it is. All right, fair enough. We're talking about five. Talking, we're talking about, about five. team on the brink. Well, I guess there's six on goal differential, but they're tied for fifth. Started off match week 10. It was Leicester, Arsenal. Big matchup right here. Yes. Wondering what Leicester side we're going to get. Well, we're reading it off right here. We had Schmeichel, Soyuncu, Evans, Amarte, Tielemans, Castagna, Luke Thomas, Sumare, Vardy, Madison, Iannaccio. As far as Arsenal, Ramsdale, Ben White, Gabriel, Tomiyasu, Tavares, Partey, Saka, ESR. Uh, Zombie, Lacazette, and Aubameyang. I always wonder what to call Zombie, because doesn't he have that in the back of his kit? Yeah. But then I almost want to just call him Lakanga, because it's not that hard of a name to say. Yeah, I feel like Lakanga just kind of rolls off the tongue, but... You know. Zombie, yeah, whatever. Albert Zombie Lakanga. He should just be Albert. Albert, big Al. Big Al. (laughs) Um, Shout out Al Jefferson. With this one... Anything stand out to you about either lineup? Uh, I thought it was a little strange getting Luke Thomas in yeah, there. Yeah, I was, I was going to mention that. When actually. I first saw it, I was like, yeah. huh, okay. Just bring him in after he hasn't played like for the past month. Yeah, and we'll we'll get to how he does. Um, But no, I, I was going to say same thing. But it kind of starts off, as every Arsenal game does, with pressure by Arsenal for the first like 10 minutes they always look, seem to look the better side in the first five to ten minutes yeah or they're at least competing mm-hmm. for sure but um you know I thought obviously they don't always take their chances early on right this game able to take it Gabrielle yeah not to mention the chance almost right off the bat Saka with a good run into the box but mm-hmm. yeah Gabrielle rising up at the near post from the corner, 
It's 1-0, five minutes in. Arsenal somehow are a wonderful set-piece taking team now. I don't know what that is because they're not really built for it, but yet here we are. I thought Saka had a really good game. I thought that was his best game of the year so far. He was kind of all over the place in terms of defense, in a good way. Uh, defensively, going forward, I thought he was looking sharp out there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, you have the solidity of the back line as well. Gabrielle and Ben White, been a great partnership so far. Gabrielle, weapon in the air. Yeah, what can you do? He had the dancing going. Had Had the the dancing. The guns going. Soon after that, a little bit, it's a little spell of possession from Leicester. Um, Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot, but, um, you know, and they really couldn't get anything going. And the fans... We're just on their ass <laughs> the whole game, and it's which is hilarious because I think the announcer said at one point he's like, "It's like Leicester haven't woke up," which they really hadn't. They were just caught out. Yeah, the early kickoffs. Sometimes, you know, it can it can kind of hop up on a create team. some strange situations for some reason or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the second goal, Mill Smith throw. <clears throat> if there ever was a my guy for Arsenal, it's him. And of course Marty, but you know, the it was just sloppy play from Lester. Yeah. Yet again, um, kind of just allowing that wide play to get further, and then just a poor clearance by Thomas. Yeah, exactly. That's that's pretty much what it comes down to. I mean, it falls perfectly to Smith Rowe, who just catches it first time, mm-hmm. little pass into the back of the net, right place at the right time. But yeah, it's more about the defen- defensive inefficiencies of Leicester so far in this game I mean to be fair Arsenal has looked good but you know you you concede this goal and you conceded a goal off the corner it's pretty frustrating to be put two, two nil down two nil down after like 20 and it's like yeah. okay yeah after that they kind of woke up and it was a mix of Arsenal were like we'll probably play a little more defensively now we really don't need to push for a third unless yeah. unless they're just going to give us possession but Nothing too strange, really, about that. I mean, that's kind of been what Arsenal has done mm-hmm. so far. I mean, strong early start and then a little more passive. Yeah, which always it doesn't always work, as we saw in the Palace game. Mm-hmm. But in this one, Leicester just not nearly as sharp an attack. I thought Tielemans had moments where he was able to spread, and that was more second half and as the game went on. But, yeah, no, there was really nothing going in the first half. As far as I thought for Leicester's attack, really. Yeah, and I mean, pretty much anything that they had was was either stopped by the back line or stopped by Aaron Ramsdale. Ramsdale, that free kick. Yeah. The potentially save of the year. Huge moment. Um, shortly before halftime, Leicester get a free kick outside of the box. James Madison hits it. It looks like it's going in the whole time. And then somewhere, out of absolute nowhere, Aaron Ramsdale... Big save. Flying onto, through the Onto air. the post. Onto the post. And then who, Tomiyasu cleared it or Gabrielle cleared it? One of the defenders got back to kind of yeah, get it out Yeah, cleared off the line. Just absolutely insane save. I mean, that's got to be one of the best I've ever seen, let alone this season. It was big, big time. Keeps it 2-0. They go to half. More of the same from Leicester. Leicester kind of come out pounding. Arsenal willing to sit back. I thought... Leicester picked it up in the second half, but I th- kind of thought Arsenal was a little lackadaisical, kind of sitting back a little too much, um, not as energetic as they were in the first half. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think it's 
kind of down to the personnel. The players you have aren't really possession-focused players. Mm -hmm. They're more just kind of like, I want to get the ball and I want to run and try and score. Yeah, but even like times in their back line, like it just felt like there were holes for Leicester to exploit and get in to the second level uh, behind the midfield and then even through behind the back line, but they just weren't able to capitalize. And then if they did, it didn't matter because Ramsdale save it. But yeah, yeah, he he put on one hell of a show this week. Yeah, he's been incredible. I mean, he was incredible before this game, and then this game, it's like he, somehow stepped it up to even a another level yeah you can't even go to say you can't even begin to say like how important of a signing this is for arsenal not even from just like you're getting production elite production really out of a player which you haven't really had in a while um but this is at least something to build off of you know he's a younger piece uh it's just it seems like this along with Saka. Emil Smith Rowe, it kind of feels like they're getting something going. Yeah, it's definitely a different arsenal than previous years, that's for sure. A lot more positivity around the squad. Uh, a, a big moment, we got a big save, uh, 1v1, Harvey Barnes gets saved by Ramsdale, but how about this one? Johnny Evans somehow evades the red card. Last man back tackle. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this play? There's always got to be card controversy with Arsenal. In this one, I do agree. Yeah. Yeah. Not to mention, <laughs> Johnny Evans could have got a yellow card like five minutes From, earlier. Yeah. A push on Ramsdale. You know. You know. The and, ref didn't see it. And the, the the annoying thing about this one, too, is there was another one this match week that was given. You know. There's, yeah, I the refing lately has been very poor and not even it goes out of just english play but um yeah even in the champions league some of the english refs are having a rough go um yeah i don't know i assumed it was going to be when i was watching it couldn't believe it but yeah it's just those inconsistencies so far that have been pretty frustrating yeah they're gonna have to iron it out i mean if you're gonna if you're gonna say no, none of these are a red, then that's fine. That's the standard that you set. But then some of them are called, and that's where it creates a gray area. Yeah, and it's frustrating if you don't get it. So, anyways, Arsenal, you know, around like the 75th minute or so, they kind of start getting back into the game. They're getting a little more possession, yes. looking brighter. You feel like they've weathered the storm at this point. Yeah, I mean, Leicester still had chances, but they weren't nearly as good. They weren't really ever through on net again, as far as I can remember. But And it was less so of Arsenal kind of clinging to life at that yes. point. It was more just, okay, we've, we can see this it. game out. Yeah, you felt confident in it. Yep. And they go on, 2-0, Ramsdale, clear man of the match. Um, going forward, obviously, Arsenal and Fuego yes. killing it. They're going to keep doing their thing. As far as Leicester, any takeaway from this? Um, I would Tough say, first 20, but going forward, stuff to build off of? Yeah, it's probably it's probably a little harsher than it seems. I mean, they played good enough that they easily could have had a draw, I think. Yeah. I mean, but then again, there, there's also something to be said. You're kind of disappointing that you can't build on your momentum that you had going and would you say this game was more Leicester's attack or defense that let them down? Probably defense. 
Yeah, I would say defense. I mean, you expect them to be a little more solid, especially with Johnny Evans mm-hmm. being in there. Yeah. Yeah, I think you'd have to say defense because the first 20 minutes obviously put them behind the eight ball, but then the attack, they still looked fine. It was just a matter of Arsenal had some yeah, amazing. I mean, if the goalkeeper's standing on his head, you know. There's only so much you, you can do. Well, let me talk to you about a team that's standing on their head for the first time this year. It's Burnley. We love you, Burnley. We do. <laughs> Burnley, Brentford start this one off with Pope, Lowton, Taylor, Tarkovsky, me, Goodmanson, Brownhill, McNeil, Westwood, Wood, and Cornier in there. As far as Brentford, we got Alvaro Fernandez. Raya out about four to five months with a knee injury. That's a big blow to them. He's been really good yeah. this year. Probably top five keep. Yep. Pinnock, Jansen, Zanka, Onyeka, Henry, Norgard, Kanos, Jensen, Marcus Force, their top scorer this year in all competitions. Getting a start. No Premier League uh, experience before that, and along with Ivan Tony in there. Yeah, a little different look from Brentford. Obviously, the force change with David Raya, but as far as Burnley goes, it's a Burnley lineup, you know, nothing too yeah, crazy. They sometimes will rotate a couple of the wide players out, obviously, but you know. Yeah, nothing more than like you know, your usual like thirteen or so guys. Yes. This one off to a quick start. Um right away. You could tell that something was a little different in this game if you just watch like three plays from Burnley. The long ball efficiency was significantly better yeah. than it had been all year. They weren't just completely hoofed upfield. They had some purpose behind it. Um, they are actually able to get Chris Wood involved in some well, multiple ways. Honestly, I kind of thought he had not that great of a game. He missed a good amount of his chances. But, he was getting in the right spaces. Yeah. Least. Fourth minute, he takes it. His pass from Loton up, edge of the box. I don't know, not really a chip, kind of like a lofted shot, though. Yeah, it was kind of like uh, Fernandez came out and was kind of in no man's land there. Yeah. Just had to get it over him. Which he did, 1-0 Burnley. I mean, with this one, too, another thing is is that teams are really looking to expose Brentford and stretch them Yeah, lately. They're experiencing some issues as far as long balls past them, just we talked about a good Brentford's midfield is if you're able to have your defenders just ping balls over the midfield and mm-hmm. make put pressure on their back line with speed and your attackers, you're going to have way more success than trying to go through Brentford's midfield. Yeah, this was the first game where I saw Brentford's defense look like really shaky, and it's like, mm-hmm. ooh, this is concerning because you're getting torn apart like this from Burnley. Yeah. That's concerning, and like you said, it doesn't matter how good your midfield is if you can just bypass them. Um, my one thing about this game is I'd be curious to see if uh, Christopher Ayer was in there, if it'd be any different or kind of same story. It'd probably be a little better because, I mean, he's he's replaced by Zonka, who's not bad, but Ayer, a little more mobility, um, a little better defensively. I just think he's a better all-around player. So I would say it might be a little... You know, it wouldn't be quite as bad, but would they still have lost this game? Yeah, I think so. And not to mention, too, a lot of the balls were coming over kind of on the, the Rico Henry, Ethan Pinnock side. Yeah, Rico Henry was having a rough go. Yeah. And that's shown by that second goal 
Mm-hmm. Um, well, first we have the disallowed goal from Cornier, the offside one, but the second goal just gets beat on a header. I mean, you could part part of the blame goes to the keep. Could he have come out and punched it out? Maybe. Should he have just stayed in net? Probably. But instead, he did that thing where he kind of came halfway out again, gets caught out, like you like we were talking about Henry getting caught out. Yeah. Got postered. Yeah. Got postered. No, but just just sloppy from Brentford at mm-hmm. the back. Yeah, it's kind of like oh, we need to kind of reassess. And yeah. We, we need to figure oh. out a weight because it it was pretty obviously obvious what Burnley's game plan was you know five minutes into this game at that point you need to be like okay we need to reassess and make a change or something mm-hmm. not necessarily substitution but tactically. maybe drop the wing backs back a bit further yeah um and have your line play even further back the the yeah. back three just don't give wood space and cornier space to get behind mm-hmm. maybe make them hold up play and have burnley Sure, they established possession right. or something against you, but that's better than having them through on net or they can peel off to the corner and then swing some balls in for guys. Yeah, you want to stop the bleeding, and then if they beat you a different way, then, you know, that's fine. But at yeah. least stop them from doing what they're doing so easily. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this one was uh, no bueno for Brentford all the way around. Even an attack, they really only had one chance in the first half. Tony had that shot. Great save yeah, by Pope that was to get down. Yeah, a great save, yeah. Um, but just not a ton going from them. Anything else you noticed in this one as far as the first half? Yeah, first half. Um, oh, the Goodmanson save. He had like a breakaway. <laughs> and he yeah. just shot it right at yeah, Fernandez. The, I don't know what that was. That was pretty disappointing, but... Yeah, you can just kind of tell mm, Fernandez eye test, <laughs> making me a little nervous. Oh, and then Cornet's goal. I thought that was second half. Cornet with the third. Um, yeah, oh, is yeah. as yeah. huh? Yeah, third. Yes. Uh, nice worked play. McNeil, I thought looked tremendous this game. Mm-hmm. Um, had a nice little dribble sequence. Was able to create some space. Laid off Cornet, who is just behind. He's just in behind. Yeah. <laughs> Rips it. Upper 90. Uh, so three note half. Yeah, and if you're Brentford. Two nil, but yeah. Brentford, at this point, you're just trying to create something going forward and attack. Uh, maybe look towards, you know, just getting some feels good mm-hmm. vibes going. Um, yeah, maybe bringing on some different players and see what they have to offer yeah, I mean, going they, forward. They took off. Onyeka for your guy. Good horse. Good horse. Good horse. The um, Iranian. Yes. So, I don't know. I didn't notice anything in the second half that was really different. They put more pressure on, but they didn't really have amazing chances, I didn't yeah. think. Yeah, I mean, the one goal for Brentford just kind of came out of nowhere, and it was an absolute insane yeah, goal. Yeah, they just, it was a hoofball forward. No regard got on the end of it, kind of curled around. Played it towards the top of the box, and Gudos just, yeah. Mint. Yeah. If you haven't seen the goal, please watch this goal. It, <laughs> that's, that is a beautiful goal. One of the best you'll see. Yeah, and, you know, we'll just say it ends 3-1. Yeah. Uh, big win for Burnley. I was mainly impressed by Burnley's ability this game defensively. 
they really didn't let Brentford have anything. They didn't have any slip-ups. That's been the thing with Burnley lately. Like, you look at the Southampton game last week. They just have these mental lapses, like the Tarkovsky pass and stuff, that just blow their lead. And it's yeah. like, you have a lead. You're built on defense. you got to be able to maintain that. Mm-hmm. And they haven't. But today, they did. So good job. Good job, Burnley. So it finishes 3-1 for Burnley. Good for Burnley. Defense holds up. Not blowing any leads. Any Anything you got to say about Burnley in this one? Is it just praise for your guy McNeil or Corne? Oh, man, they look so good going forward, honestly. Like, that's just what we were waiting to see. Kind of a breakout performance from Burnley. Yeah, I mean, when they're able to ping these long balls down the field, and they're not even, like, perfect, but they're at least near and can give Wood a chance or Corne a chance, Yeah, that's all you can ask for. Yeah, Going this... in the first eight games... They've just been shit at it, and all they can do is strike off corners, really. Right. Yeah, this was the first game where you, you actually think that Burnley was the better team. Yeah, to say the least. So, moving on. Liverpool versus Brighton. Oh, man. The true test, because last week we were talking about Man City versus Brighton, and I was yes. saying Liverpool, they're better than that. Well, we'll see. Um. Allison, Van Dyke, Konate, Robertson, Alexander Arnold, uh, Kaita, Henderson, Curtis Jones, Firmino, Salah, Mane. As far as Brighton go, Bobby Sanchez, Cucurella, Dunk, Duffy, your guy's back in there, Feltman, Bissuma back in there, Mwepu, Lalana, Motor, Solly March, and who's up top? Trossard? Yeah, yeah. different kind of lineup from from uh brighton there the five in midfield the the five in midfield almost like six because you have trossard up front kind yeah, of, he's as a of false like a false nine. nine yeah on on the tv uh during this pre pre-match they had him as the lone striker which he really wasn't they showed Mwepu like farther up which was confusing because he wasn't actually no he was just like was a like central a, mid, yeah, which is what he was, which was weird. But yeah, interesting strategy. Just kind of load up on quality passing midfielders. Yeah, it's something because I mean they're gonna need that in order to if they're gonna hold possession, which they like to do. But even as far as pressing and providing any kind of work rate defensively, when Liverpool are holding the ball, you don't need not like Neil Mopai's like god awful at pressing or anything. Or his work rate, but it is definitely a drop off compared to a regular midfielder, obviously. So yeah. I was happy to see Shane Duffy back in the lineup as yeah, well. Yeah, they needed to get him back in. He's been killing it this year. Um yeah, right off the bat, Brighton had some stuff going. Yeah, they did. Solly March with a good chance. And if you're Brighton, you're saying, Okay, it's looking good. We're We're in it. We're already in the game. Forcing Allison to make big saves. Forcing Allison into the saves. And at that point, you're saying, okay, you know, we can get a result out of this game. Yeah. And then Van Dyke just hits a perfect long ball to Salah. Salah beats his man out wide, cuts it back to Henderson, top of the box. Perfect shot, 1-0. No one said it was going to be easy, <laughs> to be fair. I mean, it is Liverpool. Yeah. No, oh, yeah, I mean, I this play was set up by Van Dyke. Perfect pass to pick out Sala up the wing. Yeah, I mean, it's just 
And Henderson, great shot as well. How, how can you stop that? You, no, you, you really don't. can't. You can't stop it. You can only hope to contain it. Yeah. Um, But then Brighton come right back. They have a few chances holding a little bit of possession. It was kind of, this first half was really, not really take turns as far as possession, but it was back and forth in terms of good possession. Yeah, it, it definitely was back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Basuma, 15th minute, hits the post after robbing the ball from Firmino. Um, and then Firmino has a great chance at goal. Hits no. it high. Disappointing. That was that was bad. But then, Liverpool, strike twice. Your guy Ox, Oxlade-Chamberlain, who had to come on for Nabi Keita. Yeah. Liverpool injury. Injury, yeah. Liverpool injury. Here it is here first. Yeah, it was a nice little curling ball into Mane. It was just completely wide open. I don't Duffy, know how Duffy that happens. Duffy got crossed up, and he was tipping back, and Mane right past him for the header. Um, not much Bobby Sanchez could do on that one. 2-0, and you're thinking, all right, well, Brighton are going to have to score. Again, a little back and forth, not a ton going on. And then just an almost catastrophic error yes. on Brighton's defense slash goalkeeper. Again, Bobby Sanchez last week with a rough go against City. Almost had another one, Mane, but goal was disallowed. Hit Mane's arm on the clearance. Yeah, it was a weird, like, where he tackled the ball and then... That's one of those where I've seen where they don't call it, because they'll call it incidental, I feel like. I would say it is, but I'm just saying... Yeah, in previous seasons, it probably wouldn't have been called, but I feel like they're just so strict about if you score a goal and it hits your arm. They're just going to automatically disallow it, even yeah. if you have like no possible way of, you know, Control, preventing where you're that sliding. From you're sliding, and you have your arms behind you, and the ball gets yeah. cleared, and it goes like underneath your torso or your back, and hits your arm and goes right. in. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Bobby Sanchez has uh, been looking a little rough the past couple of weeks. He's got to put his baseball hat back on. That's his True. problem. Yes, hats and on. The, and then Brighton go down, spoil a possession. And this is kind of how it felt a little bit with their possession at times, and always kind of does, where it's like it gets to the point to where they're working it, but it's not really going anywhere. Like they were on the wing for a good while, wasn't really going anywhere. So Mwepu just pops a shot. Yeah. He's like, well, I'll just take it. Don't mind if I do. And we, we've been talking about that with Brian, where it's like just do something out of the box. Do something yeah. out of the ordinary. What does Mwepu do? He just goes for it. Guess what? He dinks it right over Allison's head. Yeah, it was kind Gets of a, it was kind of a shoss. Yeah, but not really, but kind of. It was a shoss, but no one was there for the cross, so I count it as a shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're not really sure. We'll have to bring it to the committee. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a great one to pull back that goal before halftime. You give go yourself and, a fighting chance. Yeah, some momentum. Only down two one. You know, easy. You never know. Um. They come out, Sala offside. After that, I, I wanted to make note of, what's his name? Uh, Basuma got subbed off. So they're still working him in because he came on for the substitute appearance. Now he's starting, but he's only going 60. Yeah. From now on, you'd think he's probably back to 90 yeah. full minutes um, or 80 even thereabouts. So that's a big development, I think, for Brighton going forward, getting their best player back um fully fit but then they come down nice passing sequence on this one by brighton really well worked up the wing 
um, Trossard from former Liverpool man Adam Lalana. Yeah, I mean, what can you say? Brighton, the game plan worked. Graham Potter says, okay, I'm going to put on a bunch of midfield players who are really, you know, pretty technically good players that can pass the ball really mm-hmm. well. And that's how we're going to be Liverpool. We're just going to pass right around them. And it worked perfectly. I mean, it was it was absolutely beautiful the way they were just working the ball so effortless. Like, it wasn't... It wasn't like the predictable Brighton that we've seen at times. It was free-flowing, peak Brighton. Yeah. You don't need Neil Maupai when no. you're passing like that. Very true. Very true. Um, Going on, there weren't a ton of chances for Liverpool, at, at least as far as not many clear-cut chances. You noted one about Brighton had one, yeah. um, but didn't really result in anything. So it finishes 2-2. What are your main takeaways from this game other than your guy Minamino still on uh, Liverpool? Yeah, that is a takeaway. Um, not sure why he's on. How did Liverpool. Roberto Firmino stay until the 70th minute? That's a good question as well. I'm not, not too sure about that. <laughs> I would say from a Brighton perspective to start off, I would say you, you could have won this game if you, you were – a little more solid at the back, you know? Yeah, I, you know, it's it was very much like the Leicester part, except those were a little well worked, more well-worked goals That's by true. Liverpool than yeah. the Arsenal goals. Not to take anything away from Arsenal because they were still good goals and they earned them, but there were just a lot of, there's a lot more um, individual skill in those Liverpool goals. Um, but... I would say the main takeaway for Liverpool, you lose Nabi Keita, who's been amazing. Yeah. Now you're relying on Oxlade-Chamberlain. We'll see how he gets integrated into the side. Uh, I don't know. It that, that was strange from Liverpool's defense. They've looked pretty good this whole year. And then out of nowhere, they just get worked by Brighton. Yeah, I think it is an issue, though, when you replace Keita with Ox. I mean, Ox is going to be a more attacking player and Mm -hmm. you know there were a number of times where there was just so much space in the midfield for brighton to kind of work the ball around Mm -hmm. and um yeah i mean liverpool it's kind of always been the the story of their season was that it was going to come down to whether they could stay healthy enough yeah and i think just as a rule they have to start jota yeah they they just have to i'm sorry you don't have a choice, Klopp. I'm not giving you a choice. Yeah, I mean, Firmino, he'll score, but it seems like Jota is just helps out more. Yeah, you know, doing more rather yeah. than just popping up and scoring. Yeah, that's how that's how I feel too. Moving on, the other big game with a big team that dropped points at home, Man City, Crystal Palace. City's lineup: Aderson, Walker, Diaz, Laporte, Cancelo. Rodri, De Bruyne, Bernardo Silva, Gabby Jesus, Jack Grealish, Phil Foden. As far as Palace's side, we're looking at Guaita, Ward, Mitchell, Gehi, Anderson, Cuyate, MacArthur, Gallagher, Ayu Zaha, Edward. No so Benteke. To, I know. Thank the Lord. Well, you that's your problem because you 
predicted that he'd hit the post. And That's you know what? True. He did not hit the post. As a matter of fact, he did virtually nothing. Yes. Um, early on in this game, first 10 minutes, I don't know. I wouldn't say City was overly dominant or anything, but I wouldn't say Palace was. Palace definitely looked up for it. And uh, you show by that in the sixth minute. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, pressing straight off the bat. Yes. Just absolutely immense. Wilf Wilf was in their head the entire game. Yes, 100%. (laughs) He was doing mind games to the utmost extent, and it worked brilliantly. Um, Laporte just took too long on the ball. Gallagher takes it off him. Diaz is pretty much in a two-on-one here. Well worked by Gallagher and Zaha. I didn't hear anyone make this point. Shouldn't that be saved? Yeah. It was a scuff shot. That yeah. should have been saved. It, it definitely should have. No one it's made like, a point about that. I was like, what? We're just going to ignore that? When it went in, it was like, wait, that went in? What? Yeah. It was so slow. Yeah. It wasn't terrible in terms of, I wouldn't say it was a terrible shot because it was good placement as far post, but Got I think it skipped like yeah. twice. Yeah. I don't know what Adairson was doing. That it was, was so strange. It's one of those where you're just like, maybe he must have thought doesn't it. doesn't look right. Yeah, he must have misjudged that it was going to bounce or something like that. But um, Yeah, pretty sloppy from Laporte. Just sloppy from City in general. I think that yeah. their passing this game was no bueno. It was so bad to start the game. I mean, this is one of those times where you're like, okay, how, City, what? They just all of a sudden like suck for some reason, and they're yeah, get, they're getting pressed. None of their passes are working, and it seems like maybe they are on top so much of the time that when it does happen, it kind of just rattles them. It. I don't know. I think part of its motivation and not getting up for these games, they have to yeah. first off get De Bruyne going. I don't know what yeah. they're doing, not incorporating him more. It's it's as great of a system as for Pep. It was predictable, at least by Patrick Vieira and Crystal Palace. They were jumping passing lanes like nonstop in the first half. Right. It was it was incredible to see. And then not only were were Palace intercepting these passes, they're making these tremendous decisions. These players to either work it back, get a little possession, or they'll go ahead, kind of hang around the ball, get fouled when their team a free kick. It was just so well done by Palace. Yeah, and then on the other side, City, for me, I was just so frustrated because it's like, okay, we're continuing to try and force this, you know, heavy possession pass offense, and, you know, there's it just doesn't seem like there's a plan B. Like, obviously, it wasn't working. Maybe try, you know, something a little more direct, get past the pressing, but... City just, no one looked like they were really up for the game. Yeah, just slow. Passing wasn't on, lacked quality. Their only chance of the first half came off a corner. The ball kind of, I guess, didn't really bounce around. It was a nice pass. But Rodri had a nice nice look. It was just unfortunate fell to Rodri. And then as we get to the second half, their best chance was to Rodri. Like, why? Yeah. These have to be falling to someone else. Yeah, exactly. But they were. The quality of players that you're playing and the number of quality players, and then the chances are ending up to Rodri. Is like he's your holding midfielder, and it's like I, I, yeah, some, he's a good player, just not who you want. How is it not falling to Grealish, Foden, De Bruyne, Jesus? Like 
Yeah. This this shouldn't be happening. It was just so predictable. Well, yeah, and especially even when City would get in pockets of space on the wing and they would look like they're going to be threatening, they were never able to get the ball central to anyone because Anderson and were just all over the people in the middle. Yeah. Too much this season, it just seems like they're like, okay, Jack Grealish, take the ball, and like you do something. Yeah, it's a lot. They're relying more on individual skill in the final third than their system. Yeah. And then, I, I, I just don't know, because their system isn't really working either. I think what they should do is that when stuff like this happens, if they let Palace have the ball, they shouldn't necessarily press. They shouldn't just sit back, but they shouldn't press as hard as they do to win it back immediately so you can get the ball and hold it again yeah. and let Palace get set up. They should, and it's not necessarily that they should just counter like they did against Brighton, but they should do something along those lines of like, when you do get the ball, just go full steam ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's what I was saying. You got to be a little more direct and not so predictable. Um, big moment in the match. Oh, right before half. 45 plus two added minutes. Laporte <laughs> shown red for bringing down Zaha last man back. This is what I was referring to from the Arsenal game, but clear red card. Yeah. Um, what else did I say? It's kind of that trademark city when they have this down game and they compound their errors. Yeah. And get a red card. And then you're really screwed. Well, I mean, a part of it is you tell Pep wants them to, if you lose the ball, just foul. Yeah. Just foul. And that there's nothing wrong with that. But what is their center back doing? <laughs> Why is he doing that? It's, that shouldn't be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, just sloppy play from Laporte again. Um, had the worst game of anyone in this game by far. Scuffle, too, between Wilf and pretty much everyone on City. Yeah, Zaha was getting everyone riled up. City, <laughs> the fans. And you could tell, like, oh, this is going... Swimming According for Palace. to yeah. plan. Yeah. So it goes 1-0, halftime for Palace. Um, City come out, again, just kind of keep holding the ball. Not a ton going on. Um, And then what I noticed about this was their positional play by City, so their system in the second half, was so off kilter. There were so many times that it was ball side overloaded in defense, and Palace could just counterattack as easy as they wanted to. Didn't you think? Yeah, I mean, they were just kind of playing like they weren't down a man and just super exposed. But, I mean, it felt like they kind of had to be playing like that. Yeah, but I but mean, they literally, it's... you have, okay, so if you have two center backs all the way back, but they're both on the same half yeah. of midfield, you're literally leaving a whole half of the field open for them to just go boop, all the way across the other side of the field. and that, then That's kind of the risk you take if you're going to try and press as hard as they do to win the ball back is that you're going to leave space open, and especially when you're playing against a guy like Wilfred Zaha like they're going to be able to capitalize on that. Some other teams maybe not, but Palace they can they can get it out even to Zaha pretty fast. Even if it's Ayu, like he he's not amazing and you don't expect him to always finish, but he has enough pace to where he's going to make you pay. Yeah. Same with Edward, like I don't know what that 
That's what I was saying. Maybe sit back a slight bit, but they, you know, Pep. Pep with his genius ball. I mean, when they go down a man, like, it's just, you know, who knows what's going to (laughs) happen because they're so bad down a man. Um, Zaha had a chance, couldn't score, and then the Jesus offside goal from, the, I think, the pass from Foden, right? Or Grealish, one of them? Yeah, I don't know. Foden was the one offside. That's I think it, I, I think it was. No. It was a little earlier in the play. I want to say the pass was to Foden. He was off, or Foden received the pass and was off, and then he passed it to Jesus. Yeah, something like that. But, I mean, that's all they had going for him. They couldn't create anything else, really. Um, Rodri had one. Again, he put it high or wide. I yeah. forget, but it's from like the penalty spot. Yeah, I did not think he had a good game either. Speaking of not good game, real quick, Benteke came on. Did he win a header? Like the only thing is out there to do. I don't think he won a header. I don't know. <laughs> they if he sent did a bunch anything. of they sent him a bunch of long balls. Couldn't do anything. Um, but Palace finally do capitalize on the counter. Well worked play by um, who? I want to say Derek Mitchell. Yeah, Tarek Mitchell, and then yeah. over to Elise, Elise to um, Man, I got to say, Tarek Mitchell is super underrated. He's, he's killing it. He's killing it this year. He's kind of like, him and Lamptey are very similar um, in terms of like people are kind of, you know, fancy him, but I think Tarek Mitchell kind of a little above Lamptey now. I know that there's a little bit where Lamptey was supposed to maybe go for like 30 mil. I don't think that was ever going to happen. Yeah. He's not really there yet, but... No, I really like him. He does a lot going forward, and he's not the best when you just put him on an island to defend, but he can hold his own at times. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's. He did amazing this game, defending. though. I mean, I rate him as a better defender than Lamptey. I mean, yes. Lamptey is pretty much like a winger Wing that back. you play. Yes. In, in fullback, and I feel like Tarek Mitchell is kind of more of a. a pure he's a fullback. defensive presence. Um, He's a little bit taller as well. I, I like his physical tools that he has. He's pretty fast too. But yeah, I mean, I hate to say it, but we kind of predicted this from Palace that you they can't, would kind of grow into their team. You can't go into the year thinking that Brentford and Palace just don't have midfields. Yeah, you have to. These teams have to start taking that into account when you're playing them. Um, you're not just going to walk all over them. Finishes 2-0. I thought one interesting thing was that Guaita didn't get a yellow for time-wasting until like the 86th. I know. The whole <laughs> he, was, time. he was time-wasting like the, the second minute of the game. Um, Any major takeaway for either side in this one? Palace, I mean, this, this is a great piece to build on and really kind of launch yourself into kind of the middle chunk of the season where a lot gets done yes you know a lot of points you, are awarded in the middle of the season the you, holiday period you want to get hot you want to get hot peak at the right time palace are looking great hopefully is, they can keep it up is city ever going to get a wake-up call this year no is this going to be it it just seems like anytime they play smaller teams at home they can't really be bothered uh, they kind of just try and brute force their way 
That's why they just need a nine. Sometimes you just need a nine to beg your goal against Newcastle. And sometimes you have to accept that your system isn't working and try and play a different system. But that's the problem with Pep is that he refuses to ever change. Yeah. And he, he gets his players to play in this very specific system. And then even when guys leave Man City, it's like they're they're not even valuable because they've been trained to play in this weird system that no yeah, one that else Yeah, that no plays. one else can. Yeah. It'll be interesting when he leaves to see what they look like Yeah, uh, in a couple years. And just one kind of final point, which you mentioned, like teams not respecting the, the midfields of like Brentford and Palace. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of been a key thing so far this season. It's not just City, but teams in general – disrespecting smaller teams and just thinking you can just play how you want to play yeah without having to adapt to what the other team does not the case it's just very frustrating when if you paid attention to this team it's like yeah they want to play like this certain way they they want to get it through like zaha or iu or something but you completely disregard that and just try and play your way even though you could have played a different way that would have been much more effective yeah no, it's some of these big teams do the, well, we're amazing at this, so we're going to stick with it. Um, and I get playing to your strengths, but sometimes these smaller teams, their weaknesses are way weaker than your strengths are strong. Yeah. Simple as. Yeah, definitely. Smaller teams are going to be more one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. Like they might do one thing really well, but then if you kind of stop that, Sam, you can't expect a team that's built on 500 billion pounds to be versatile. That's true. And be good all all around, you know. You can't expect that. I'm just curious what your stance is. If you were a manager, are you a manager who has your team kind of set up reactive based on your opponent, or are you going into every match with the same game plan? Well, I don't know how you don't do a mix of both. I don't know how you're not pragmatic in your approach in terms of you go in with a plan— and if it's not working, then, you know, you can try to change as much as you can before the half. And then at half, if you have to come out and kind of completely switch it up, you just, you know, audible to that. But, yeah, it's it, this one-dimensional mindset of you have to, like, why would you smash your head against a wall if you can take four steps around it and work a different way? Especially if you're city and you can play... You can play different ways. You have the talent to play. When ways. I don't notice Kevin De Bruyne out there for a little while, that's an issue. Yeah. He's got to be on the ball facilitating it to these guys. You can't just have Jack Grealish be dribbling around in the corner. You can't just rely on these crazy individual runs from Gabby Jesus and stuff. And and their subs, like, what did Mares do? What What is yeah. Mares even doing these days? Nothing. He's going to be like you're saying about guys who like go leave city and then they don't do anything that's mm-hmm. probably going to be Mares, raheem sterling what a waste might as yeah. well leave Grealish on at that point like i just don't I, I unfortunately city fans that are listening as much as you spend on your team i'm very upset at the fact that they are not better if they were better i'd be perfectly fine with it because i want to watch good premier league football and city are not playing that against these small teams yeah, I think circling back to my question I asked you, I just wanted to give my input in case yes. anyone was curious. 
my we got to move on <laughs> my ideal way to set up the team would be okay you have this general structure of how you want to play you know whether you want to yes. be high possession or you know quick attack whatever and then you say okay we're going to try our strategy but we're going to make sure that we're focusing on what their main strength is and you know being conscientious take away that of that and kind of adapting our system that we have and still mostly playing the same system, but keeping in mind that you got to deal with this certain area or, or whatever. You would think so. So, yeah. You would think so. Let's move on to a, a big team that takes care of their weak opponents. As of now, it'll probably change as the year goes on because it always does with this team. We're, of course, talking about Chelsea going to St. James Park to play Newcastle. We got Darlow, Clark, Lascelles, Richie, Kraft, Manquillo, Hayden, Frazier, Longstaff, Wilson, and ASM. As far as Chelsea go, we got Mendy, Rudiger, Christensen, Silva, Jorginho, Conte, Chilwell, James, Hudson-Odoi, Ziyech, and Havertz. So a little bit. Oh, Callum Wilson for Newcastle, too. I missed him. <laughs> a little bit of rotation. You got Ziyech in there. Yeah, Hudson Adoy and Ziek. No, uh, I mean he hadn't really been starting the last couple weeks, but Loftus Cheek on the bench as yeah. well. Mount was supposed to start this game, came down with an illness right before kickoff, like a day before kickoff or something. So he went back to London. Um, you know, my one thing about this, I will say about the Newcastle lineup, I just like mm-hmm. when when like a caretaker manager or interim will come in, and you know a couple guys will pop back into the lineup that yes. haven't played at all. Frazier. Yeah, like Frazier and... Um, Hayden's kind of in and out already. And Emil Craft. Yeah, he's he's sometimes in there. It's Yeah, he hadn't been but, for most uh, of the uh, season. Yes, true. This game in the first half was just Chelsea holding the ball and like giving it to Hudson-Odoi, yeah. and he didn't really do much with his dribbling. And then it was get it to Ziyech to see what he can do with his dribbling, and there was really nothing going on. Havertz was in like the most useless spots. They couldn't really find him. Yeah, pretty, and that was pretty much the half. Pretty ineffective, <laughs> just <laughs> going was... down the wings, but not able to connect centrally. Yeah, I think the best chances of the first half were just some Ziyech long shots that yeah. Darlow had easy he had access an offside to. Goal. Yeah, I mean that's you know. But yeah, it it was. I mean, not really that surprising. Chelsea, you know, going to hold all the ball, and then Newcastle under they've, under their Graham Jones. Yeah, they've looked better defensively. I'll give them that. I'll give them that. They, <laughs> it's. I mean, they're putting all their eggs in one basket, which is just play only defense, no attack whatsoever. I feel like this one came down to more of the inefficiencies of Chelsea's offense in the first half. But yeah, but I mean, even then, I just. Newcastle I just hate Newcastle fine. playing part of the bus. I, I know. It's terrible. It's so bad. I'm sure Newcastle fans, they better be sad that Steve Bruce is gone. Yeah, I just thought Chelsea, they were inefficient. I just felt they weren't working it enough. Um, They weren't getting in the right pockets of space. There weren't a ton there to begin with because Newcastle is doing all right. But like I said, Chelsea have the quality. They should be yeah, doing that. And that's what they do in the second Newcastle. half. Nil-nil at half. They come out. Um, Ziak almost scores. Little post hit. Don't remember who it hit off of to hit the post. Yeah. But uh, 
Then the 65th minute, Hudson Adoy finally making a run to where he gets in space, crosses it all the way across. I think it. I can't say if it was Havertz. Someone went up for a header, and then Newcastle didn't really fully clear it out. Falls to James, gets it on his left. Then boom. Yeah, great strike. Upper 90, far post, nothing you can do. About 10 minutes later, (laughs) virtually the same exact thing, except it was crossed to James. He took a shot, it was blocked, passed around for a little bit, falls to James, another just rip. Carl Darlow was like laying on the ground because he dove at a previous shot. (laughs) Yeah, that was a little unlucky. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and then the penalty, like, Five minutes later, um, yeah. Jorginho steps up. Clear penalty. Yes. Yeah, it wasn't there wasn't much besides the goals in this game, and I thought, you know, Chelsea were a little fortunate to win this game three nil. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say it was super a, reflective a, of how the a game. A drubbing. Went. I would say a two nil, maybe even like a one nil, but yeah. No, it's. I, I think this game is more about Newcastle. And just the, you you can sit there and play only defense, and you can even look good at it for a half. You don't have the quality to last ninety minutes playing this way. Yeah, absolutely not. I mean, you're on a one way street to relegation. The way your you're best playing. your best thing is to get draws, and you're not even getting get draws against these big sides. Yeah, so you're, you're going for less than a point. Per match, I just don't. I feel like Newcastle, their strength is like chaos. Yeah. But very much like Burnley, except they might even have a better, they might be a little more organized yeah. chaos. Not quite full on. Burnley's the ultimate chaos. Yeah, Newcastle, it's just like, okay, well, you might not lose like 5 nil, but you're not going to win. Yeah. I mean, you're probably not even going to draw. You might draw, but it's not going to be enough. You're not going to draw your next, like, 20 games. Even then, if you did, you're in 16th or 17th still. You're just holding on for life. You have to play to win. You cannot play to not to lose, and that's what Newcastle are doing. It's one thing if you're already out of the relegation zone, you have, like, 10 games left, and you're just, like, I guess, holding on to hold on. Yeah. Playing this Tony Poulos. Yeah, what are you holding on to? Yeah, you're in the relegation zone. Yeah, it doesn't makes sense you have to start going for it and you have good attacking players that's the thing with this team yeah you have saint maximin there's like top sides in the premier league that would die to have a guy like saint maximin or even callum wilson yeah newcastle sure. you gotta do better for sure yeah. um moving on next game at watford. the at the vic watford southampton this was a boring game i'll be quite frank yeah Ben Foster, Ngakia, Trustek, Kong, Messina, Cathcart, Suzoko, Sar, Kucho, Kuchka, Josh King, Joao Pedro up front. For Southampton, Alex McCarthy, Kyle Walker, Peters, Levermento, Salisu, Bednarak, Romeu, Ward Prowse, Redmond, El Nuesi, Armstrong, Che Adams. So they go back to what you would think is their best lineup yet. Yeah. Is it their best lineup? Are we sure? No Brogia? Yeah. I felt that was pretty harsh to drop Brogia. Yeah. He's been looking pretty good. No Diallo. I don't know. 
Yeah. They get a win from this, so it doesn't matter. But um, Watford, I thought that was weird. Third lineup, though, for me, very disappointing that they, they just go, go to the 4 4 2. The, they didn't stack the midfield. Well, Joao Pedro is kind of, I don't know if he was like a striker. I don't know what he was this game. He's, He's not a midfielder. Around. I'll tell you that. Yeah, that's true. And that was my frustration. Like, yeah, he looked good, but that last game against Everton was more about Everton being non-existent in defense yeah. rather than Joao Pedro. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> Joao Pedro. Joao Pedro, he had moments against Everton where he did stuff. I mean, everyone did stuff against Everton. but Exactly. I thought Dennis was better than him, so I was surprised they didn't go Emmanuel Dennis yeah. in this game. Um. But getting to the game, I think my hypothesis about Watford, you can tell in the first 30 seconds if it's there or not. I think it's back on track. Yeah. We just had a little speed bump. Uh, In like 30 seconds, Watford almost conceded. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this one, it was kind of that standard Southampton. They have a decent start. They have a lot of the ball. Yeah. And it was kind of the standard Watford where they have none of the ball. I think, before we go any further, I think any time going forward, Watford play a team that's like around their caliber, maybe slightly better, um, and they're possession-based, but they don't have necessarily luck like scoring and stuff, we should always pick them to win one or two nil against Watford. Yeah. Wolves, Southampton, I think I'm forgetting another team that did it, that just go into Vic and win, and it's like, well, I don't know if this team can do that. It's like, oh, they will because Watford will let them do that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's very little pressure on the ball. Yeah. Southampton. There was so much space for Southampton. There's no reason you should be allowing Southampton they didn't know to, what to be do with it. dominating you. No. Um. Yeah, a lot of possession and a whole lot of chances. We joked about it last pod about you can make up the top misses of the year, just Southampton would yes. make up nine of them. Yes. They, they had about three this game. Yes. <laughs> it's literally all them. I don't know what it is. It's like it's like the, the Tour de France, you know. It's like, okay, if we take out all the cheaters, we've got to go to like the 373rd guy. It's like if you take out all the Southampton misses, you're going pretty far down the list to find the next one. Very true. Um. They get one through Shea Adams. They were really working that left side. I don't know who Watford defender was on that right side. I'm totally blanking. Um, but it was more that Walker-Peter side rather than the Levermento side, I felt like, for Southampton. It had to be Ngakia or it was Messina. It was Messina, yeah, on the on the right side. Okay. Um. Yeah. But no, I just... I, they were just given too much space, and it goes to show with the goal. Che Adams gets a pass. It wasn't even that great of a pass from Armstrong, but he has enough time to take a touch, turn from pretty much like his back to net to forward, and he gets a shot off. Gotta say that was a it was a great, great shot, greatly taken I goal. I mean the the standing shot. Ooh. I don't blame Ben Foster for that, but the defense, you have to get on him. Like, where's the urgency? Yeah, there's no reason he should have that much time. No. No, there isn't. (laughs) No, but good for Che Adams. Maybe he kind of gets going here for Southampton. Um, Watford break out, though, about 10 minutes later. Yeah, this would have been a big one to get one back after being the worst team. This ball from Ben Foster was 
was mint. Yes, absolutely. Oh my goodness. The perfect ball, little backspin, Josh King, perfect long touch. Gets it to Saar, far post. Saar does a good shot. He gets it past the keep. Goal line clearance by Walker Peters. Yeah, great effort by Walker Peters. Yeah. If Watford could do this more often, I mean, <laughs> that'd be one thing. Well, but... they did it against Villa. Yeah. And they've done it at times. I wouldn't say... I'm saying more consistently oh, throughout yes. a game. Yeah, no, yeah. for sure. Even, yeah, even just chances like this, mm-hmm. you'd think. Because I do... And this is why you can't rule Watford out of staying up. I do like their quality in attack. Yeah. Because it shows they have good enough guys. It's not like they're hopeless, mm-hmm. like some teams in attack, Norwich. Um, when they are on the ball and around the box, I have a feeling that they're going to score at least. I'm like, oh, you never know. Yeah. The problem being that they, they don't get to the box. rarely are around the box. <laughs> yes. Um, And then the first miss. We had a couple in between this that I just glanced over. It was really Armstrong had... Yeah. I think one or two headers that yeah. he missed from pretty easy territory. But this Che Adams one was. Yeah, two yards out on the diving header. Great ball right across from Armstrong. <laughs> Somehow misses wide. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. I got to say, Adam Armstrong looked good, bar the misses. Yeah, he was he was actually doing stuff. He was very um, lively. Yeah, you can't help but feel like Brozier maybe puts one of those away, though. Yeah, but you true. probably, I don't know if Brogia makes that pass. Yeah. We'll see. 1-0 at half, Southampton. I thought in the second half, the better chances came from Watford. Um, Not really saying a ton because they weren't great, minus like one or two, but yeah. Southampton kind of just didn't do anything in the second half. I don't know what they were doing. Yeah, kind of the creativity kind of dried up. I mean, they, they brought on Stuart Armstrong later on, but... Didn't really have too much going in terms of that. Yeah, I mean, bringing on Armstrong for El Nuesi, it's kind of a like-for-like like swap. Maybe El Nuesi can play a little wider, and um, Armstrong's a little more central. But And then they take off Ward-Prowse for Diallo. Kind of a like-for-like. Like. If anything, maybe Diallo's a little more central, too, and a little more defensive. Yeah, um, and not to mention the Watford, something that kind of changed it up. They brought on cleverly in Ken Sema. Mm-hmm. And that actually was, it helps. was actually helpful, yes, having more midfielders when you don't have the ball very often. So then you can have the ball a little more often. Yeah, I think I I mean we I'm not saying that, you know, you're a genius or anything, but I think four five one for Watford yeah. is the best way to go about it. I would say is there who would you say the best game for Watford? Best game for Watford. Hmm. You're looking at their subs. <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> Best game. I've been shitting on this guy, and I think he actually had a half-decent game. It wasn't anything special, but he played a little better. I think Sizoko. Sizoko. Maybe okay. under Ranieri, he can at least like utilize him in a way. Because he did, he did nothing under Chisco. Yeah. He was worthless out there. I thought Messina going forward... Was it actually looking pretty good? But that wasn't often enough for a defender. Yeah. Yeah. Finishes. Oh, we forgot to mention big save on Ashley Fletcher. Yeah. Alex McCarthy really took it personally. He's been, I don't know what his he's issue been very is. Very good. I mean, I don't think Who's he's telling made one Alex error? McCarthy about our podcast, yeah. calling him out. Finishes 1 0. 
Southampton got a little streak going. Is it? Are you gaining a little more faith in their ability to stay up by each week, or are you thinking? I like that their team seems to have options. Yes. Um, they have some more players coming back from injury. I mean, you have Jay Adams coming back into the lineup. I like that. Um, Diallo, Brogia. You know, if, if if one guy's not working, you have a little more depth than you had, you know, mm-hmm. a month ago. And that was the thing that I always thought with selling Ings. It's like, yes, you lose experience. Yes, you lose quality. You're able to spend that money on younger players and a little more depth. And you can kind of mess around and see what, see yeah. what happens with your team. You, maybe you'll stumble upon someone that can give you, even if it's just a stretch of games that's good, it might be enough to keep you up. So good for them. As far as Watford going forward, please maybe, go back to the four five one. Yeah, you're gonna have to talk with Claudio Ranieri. I'll ring him up. Dilly ding, dilly dong. I don't talk to him anymore. Go back since to he the four five one. Sampdoria. Um, let's go. Let's speaking of a guy who might be managing a team like Sampdoria or something in the future. We got Tottenham and Manchester United. Ole versus Nuno. El Sacico. Hugo Lloris, Christian Romero, Emerson Royale, Eric Dyer, Ben Davies, Pierre-Emil Hoiberg, Son Heung-Min, Giovanni Lacelso, Lucas Mora, Ollie Skip, Ari Kane, United, De Gea, Lindelof, Maguire, Varane, Fred, Fernandez, Shaw, Juan Bissaka, McTominay, Ronaldo, Cavani. Let's start with it. Um, the back three... What were your thoughts? A lot of memes made about this. All right. So my my thing with United, this lineup they put out, you know, they're switching it up from from the last game. They got to make some changes going with the back three, of course. And then up front Mm -hmm. you have Ronaldo and Cavani. You know what I was thinking about this? I was thinking it doesn't matter what your lineup is. You're playing Tottenham. Simple as. You, you might think, wow, look at the, these great tactical changes. No. You're playing Tottenham. They suck. They're not going to expose you the way Liverpool exposes you. And I'll, that's just a fact. I'll say this. I think it makes more sense solely from the fact that Lindelof has been good. And if you're taking a spot away from, you're putting two in midfield and one less defender. But they're, you're virtually keeping Juan Bissaka and Shaw out there just pushing him up. So, I mean, you can either have those guys back and have another guy forward, and that guy forward's going to be like, it's either going to be Fred Matic or McTominay or, you know. If, I mean, it just comes down to Lindelof's a better player than your other options. Yeah. So maximize your quality out there. It does make sense. I mean, if you're going to have no midfield, you might as well have an extra center back. Yeah, and even if you're going to have no midfield, just throw as many people <laughs> in the midfield as you can, I guess, and hope something works. And um, Play Tottenham. Yeah, I would say, though, I mean, this game doesn't tell me anything, you know, with this lineup. Yeah. I need to see them play it, a better team that can, you know, show if this lineup is actually any better. Yeah. But. Not to mention, I mean, Shaw and Basaka, well, not really want Basaka as much, um, but Shaw loves to get forward now. Yeah. Having a little more support back there so he doesn't have to constantly be worrying about getting back has got to make it a little easier on him. But um, So, we'll yeah, we'll have to see. 
a game other than this to see if it works, but I do think that it makes more sense. All right. Let's get to it. Yes. What are your thoughts? Starting off this game, Tottenham, they just kind of sit back and do their their trademark Nuno Tottenham. Like we're going to sit back and have Ollie Skip and, and Hoiberg in the midfield. Can I say one thing real quick? Yes. This game stunk. <laughs> this of game course it did. Sucked. Any <laughs> game with terrible. Tottenham is going to. This game was so bad. I don't know. Last game against West Ham, it was not a terrible game eh. to watch, but I just enjoyed West Ham. That was West more because of West Ham. Well, yeah, but that, that you didn't let me finish. I was going to say that's because I like West Ham. Yeah, no, this game was... I thought United were really sloppy in terms of passing. Yeah, but it didn't matter. I know, it doesn't matter, yeah. but I'm just saying they didn't look very sharp. Bruno no. had the assist, but, I mean, I didn't think much of it and even wins the ball in another sequence i don't know it's hard for us to give credit to united when tottenham looked so bad in this game and what could have changed son with the chance oh man great chance i mean when you're playing the system you got to take any chance you get yeah hits it high that was you expect better out of him i would say you need better out of him yeah he's been no bueno same with Kane. Uh, Kane just... Kane, you just accept that he's dead. <laughs> when he has like a clear breakaway, and we'll get to the stuff later, we're probably just going to hop around during this game because there's yeah. just so much to talk about. But when he had that breakaway late in the game and he just gets chased down, it's like, when does that ever happen? Yeah, you see him, he's he's in great space and then Doesn't he just even take slows a shot. it down, waits for everyone to get back and then plays this little cross that gets nowhere. Yeah. I mean, this game, to be fair, it, it was not really about the game itself. Yeah, it was. It's about more about the, off, the state of the team. The circumstances. The circumstances, the state of the teams. What has brought the teams to where they are now? And this is kind of like a display of the state of the teams. Like, yes, United, they're struggling, but they're not terrible. Tottenham are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's that's the fact of the matter. Yeah, I mean, it's so strange because Tottenham had chances, but they're so shit they don't have anyone to score a goal unless it's like a one-off from Hoiberg or like Lucas Mora or something. It's yeah. just, it's not going to be Kane. It's not going to be Son. I don't know what it is. Um, And then Romero had a chance to score that back post flick on, but he was off. Yeah. I don't know. It felt like United were sleepwalking through this game, too. They didn't really have anything going. And then the first goal um, from Ronaldo, it was more just like you're saying about Tottenham. Like Ben Davies had no chance of stopping Ronaldo. The thing with this game is that it didn't matter with tactics or even the state of the club. It, it, we, what we really should have looked at is who's the best guy out there it's Ronaldo. I wish I just known that he would be able to carry them to a win. Yeah. Simple I mean, as. This is he just, can will them to a win. Yeah, this is one of those games where it's like, oh, guarantee Ronaldo's going to score in this one. I yeah. mean, coming out, out off of that loss and then the way they were playing, you need that like high level of individual skill to get you a goal when you're kind of dragging. Yeah. 
And I'm going to say something crazy here real quick. Yes. I didn't think it was that great of a goal. No. He does that all the time. People <clears throat> were like losing their minds over it. He does that all the time in the Champions League. Yeah, it wasn't It wasn't like For the Juventus most and insane goal. Yeah. Yeah. It was the one. It was really, no goddess. It was really the one good play from uh, Bruno in this game. So it goes in 1-0. Um, it's just this whole game. I don't think anyone for Tottenham, maybe besides Romero, and even he got caught out on the second goal, was above a five. No, there's no way. I mean, not to mention, why is Ben Davies playing? I'm very confused. He should on be on Swansea. <laughs> come back, send him back to where he came from. No, but literally, he should be on like a low. Premier League yeah. side as like a guy who gets rotated and why is he on this team? Yeah. You don't even play Doherty. What are you doing? Tom? Doherty's like like I don't think he's good or anything, but why why is he on the team? They have so many guys, it's like why are you not selling these guys for whatever you can get? Can't even get a game under Nuno. I mean that's that's rough. Uh what was the next one? Oh, it was the Ronaldo. Yeah. Hoiberg with a, just a horrible pass. He was off today to Ollie Skip, who had just a god-awful touch. <laughs> yeah. It was a bad pass, but that touch, it like went up to his chest for no reason. Um, so Bruno bad. wins it over to Ronaldo. Ronaldo plays Cavani through. They had two defenders back, and Cavani's in on a through ball for a goal. The third so one. So easy. Why is there so much space in between the center backs? The third one was ridiculous. Rashford had about, there was like, probably a five to ten yard gap between for whatever reason yeah. emerson royale and um romero got swapped so romero's out wide so it's emerson royale was central with dyer and they and there's just like a 10 yard gap yeah. and rashford standing right there and just runs straight through it it was embarrassing to watch how easily it was just <laughs> did you hear the fans at about like the i don't know if it's late first half or early second half but they did were you not hear? happy they're chanting you don't even know how to play. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. At least they're self-aware. Um, yeah, so it finishes 3-0. I think... Can you go back to the lineups? Yes. Yeah, no, I was just trying to think. Emerson Royale is the worst player I've ever seen in my life. I don't get why people are rating him. I mean, he's he is so, not good. There's so much. It's this thing about Barca's academy where people act like it's amazing. It's like, who has it produced in the last, like, five, ten years? Yeah. Like, a couple of guys, one or two. Um, Yeah, I went to, I went on, like, the world football reference after this game and just looked up because I was curious. The guy who led in shot-creating actions for Tottenham, and I wouldn't believe it because I think he touched the ball like twice, was Lo Celso. I don't even and it was remember like seeing him in that game. He had like two. This this team was just a dead dead man walking. Nuno had no chance. He had no chance. This team has no quality. Their subs, Deli Alley and Dombele, who's been better lately, but it's like, why is he on the bench if he's been better lately? Yeah. Steven Bergvine, I mean, good luck keeping him healthy. Nuno had no chance, simple as. No. no one wanted to play for him. He was put in a tough spot. I don't necessarily feel bad for him, but I don't, I don't know. I feel a little bad for him, I guess. It just seemed like the second he was hired, you knew it was going to go bad. 
I mean, he was like the seventh choice. Well, should manager. we just talk about Conte now? He's just set up to fail. I mean, Conte is able to get these teams to play so well domestically, better than they normally do. Um, with this, I don't know what that is for Tottenham, like sixth or fifth at best, but uh, he doesn't do anything in Europe. This is going to end with Conte in maybe a year and a half just being like, Daniel Levy won't spend money. Because that's what he does to boards that even spend money. He said Chelsea won't spend money. He said that Inter won't spend money. What's he going to say when Daniel Levy doesn't spend Like, obviously, he's not going to spend money for him. I wouldn't him. be surprised if he gets to a year and a half, honestly. Yeah. I mean, it's Daniel Levy. Like, I wouldn't last a day with this guy. <laughs> it's it's terrible. I don't know. They're going to have to sell. I mean, this. it felt like Mourinho was the last straw like a kind of grasping for something to keep them as like a top tier English team for a while, this Tottenham side. But then that went by the wayside and then they still tried to go with it with Nuno. And it's like, this isn't going to work. Now they have Conte again. So they're pretty much on their last straw three times. Like, why are you not? I get that there's not a ton of people out there mid-season, but why are you doing this? Did you see the thing where it said Tottenham have signed three managers to manage until 2023? Pochettino, Mourinho, and... uh, Conte? Did he go that long? Or Nuno? Nuno and Conte. Four? Three? Four? That's four. Something like that, but it's like just showing how bad... How was Nuno not on just like a one-year deal? What's the incentive? What's the incentive? Well, you're saying he's through 2023. is clearly a couple years. What's the incentive of that? What, he does good and someone steals him from you? No. (laughs) No, he maybe keeps your team around like Europa League. I don't know. I think he was just destined to fail from the start. Yeah. I think it's simple as that. It was rough. Um, One last thing. If Tottenham had a brain which they don't, how are they not just like, how would you not just give Conte his little run here if it doesn't do anything? Sack him. You immediately sell as many guys as you can yeah. and you bring in Grand Potter. Yeah, for sure. How are you not doing that? I think Grand Potter would have been a much better hire. I mean, there's a lot. Well, that's the thing is it's mid-season, so yeah. you can't really. That's why I'm saying maybe you go interim, but this is their last straw for Tottenham. Oh, wait, it's the third time they've done this. They've had an experienced manager come in. I don't like what they're doing. You might as well have just stuck with Ryan Mason, for God's sakes. This is just so bad. This club is just such a joke. I mean, it should have been obvious. Daniel Levy is going to run the club to be kind of very low budget. So in the offseason, you should have been like, okay, Grand Potter, we're going to sign you. He's got experience working under a tight budget, you know, yeah. overperforming. He would suit this squad perfectly. I think he could get a lot out a lot out of the squad. Instead, now you're hiring Conte, which is like a match made in disaster, pretty much. Yeah. And it's only gonna end in one way. Yeah, like we you talked said, about it. Conte Leaving. not getting any money. Yeah. So yeah. And then one final point on Nuno. I think he was destined to fail. But still, it was absolute dire football that he was it playing. It was. He was playing some not even shithouse football. It was a shame. Moving on to more 
just shithouse yeah football. shithouse football in Norwich City versus Leeds. We got Tim Kroll, Max Sarens, Grant Hanley, <laughs> Kabak. Um, oh gosh, the Irish guy. What's his name? Omar Bamadele. Yeah, no, we don't talk about him. He Omar scores. Um, Dowell, Norman, Rashitza, McLean, Pookie, Sargent. Leeds, we got Melier, Cooper, Lorente, Stroik, Dallas, Rodrigo, Phillips, Shackleton, Rafinha, Dan James, Jack Harrison. We talked about Leeds last time. We're like, oh, do they maybe stick with the youth? They don't. They don't. But that's only because they finally get their good guys back, or yeah. a few of them. Uh, Phillips and Rafinha back in there. Massive, 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 massive for Leeds. Um, with that said, they didn't look that fantastic this game no but they haven't really been playing with their top guys for a while because they've been hurt so you know maybe norwich is a little recipe they needed <laughs> yeah a little easy game at norwich i mean it was harder which it than didn't, it should yeah have been. which it didn't turn out to be norwich gave them all they could handle yeah what stood out to you in the first half yeah so starting off the game handball shout on dan james not given but dan james has a shot cleared off the line in the eighth minute and then Norwich, I mean, honestly, Norwich looked probably the best they've looked all season in this game. Yes. First half. They're actually working the ball, you know, creating some chances. Timo Puki has a great shot. Go just wide. Yeah, I'd say that Leeds um, defensively in midfield were not all that sharp, to say yeah. the least. And on the other hand, I thought your guy, Norman, was he, having he a very nice game. He had some stuff going, yeah. He... His passing, he doesn't make passes he should, and then he makes passes that he shouldn't. In terms <laughs> of, like, he'll just have a great pass, and you're like, what is that? And then a pass he's supposed to make, he just doesn't. You're like, wow, nice. Yeah. No, he has moments. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's on – he could either be a really good championship player or maybe he's sold or loaned to a team that's in the Premier League next year, but they're kind of a lower – Team. Yeah, maybe he's on like Watford or something if they stayed up or, up or something. Exactly, mm-hmm. same thing. Um, no, at you know Pookie with his chances, but Josh Sargent, nothing. You know, what I was thinking is I know he's hurt for a little while, but he's back now. Where's Todd Cantwell? Dude, Todd Cantwell. He's like he's banished. been exiled. Yeah, he he definitely has. You can tell. Um, Why? Daniel Farka. It feels like he's kind of on a little power trip, to be honest. I mean, Todd Cantwell is your best player, and he's played like 10 minutes this whole season. Yeah. You know, injury or not, you can tell he's not a happy player. He looks very frustrated. Just sell him. Sell him for like 10 to 20 mil. Yeah. Whatever. Get him out. I mean, the state of Norwich, like honestly, you've been one of the worst teams ever, and your best player is sitting on the bench because you're, you know, too big for your britches, Daniel Farka. Yeah. Who'd you like to see Cantwell on real quick? Cantwell. Hmm. I mean, Everton, maybe? He seems like kind of destined for everything. <laughs> really? I was thinking someone a little lower. I was thinking like Palace if they can't get Gallagher back or something. Dollar store Gallagher. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're like, he looks the same. <laughs> um, Yeah, I would say the biggest chance for Norwich, and they kind of held their possession, but they didn't do a ton with it. It was that Norman chance yeah. right before half. Mm-hmm. Um. Goes in nil-nil, but then leads come out. They were really able to hit 
on the long ball this game, I thought. They weren't able to do a ton with it in the early second half, but eventually broke through. Um, Especially Dan James was, like, getting on the end of it, but it was, like, just him up. So it's kind of a tough spot for him. It seemed like Leeds' game plan this game was, like, okay, we're going to get it to Rafinha or Dan James and then hope they do something. Magic. It's magic. And I guess it worked. I mean, Rafinha... He scored. Yeah, Dan James gets the assist there. Nice to see him. He's got to get something going there. Got to yeah. get something going. It was a big, big investment by Leeds. He's I, still a good player. We like him. I feel like it's just been kind of a tough season to come into for Dan James. I mean, mm-hmm. Leeds have really been struggling, and then you come into that team as a new player. I don't. I don't really blame him. I. I mean, I feel like he still I, can be good. Yeah, I. Th- I don't know. I'm going to talk myself into Leeds finishing like 13th or 12th, just lower than what we thought, because they'll get Bamford back, and eventually Bamford will at least get him like 7 to 12 when he gets back. Who knows when that is, but... I think they'll finish more like in the 15th range. Really? Yeah. I think that they'll bounce back enough if they if they stay healthy. If they can't manage to stay healthy, which they haven't. Yeah. Then yeah, I think that they're going to be in the relegation fight. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, but then right off that, Norwich go down, get a corner, and your guy, Obama Dele. It's simple, Hank. Come on, Obama Dele. I say Obama Dele. Obama Dele. <laughs> Gets get the header. Turkey. Nice, nice header. Well, Black Forest Ham. <laughs> nice header. <laughs> um, from him off the corner, far post, bar down. But then Leeds come right back. And the best play by Rodrigo, perhaps ever since. I mean, maybe he's just coming on. Maybe that pen is all he <laughs> needed to spark him. Yeah, maybe. But uh, nice shot by him. Yeah, he and, just kind of walks up. It's, it's it. I mean, Kroll could have easily saved it. Yeah, but, it really should have been saved. But, eh, you know, you can't score if you don't buy the ticket ex- to the show. Exactly. Or something like that. As the game went on. Leeds really didn't do much to no. impress me, um, but then Norwich kind of felt forced to, you know, kind of hold the ball and weren't able to do anything. Finishes two one. This is, I I called this as two one, which doesn't make up for the fact I thought Tottenham would win. Uh, <laughs> but this game went exactly how I envisioned it. It's just like Norwich's defense is just swiss cheese out there for these teams to get in behind if they're gonna play that way yeah and it's not even good enough to withstand the pressure to where if you're going man city mode you're just going to be able to walk through them norwich all but confirmed to go down at this point anything to build off of for leads maybe rafinha you know playing well got done phillips didn't look all too spectacular in my opinion you got three points i guess but you know, it's a process. Yeah. Just get your guys back, leads. Speaking of walking through defenses, we oh. got Aston Villa versus West Ham United. Declare it and blue derby. Rough. Martinez, Cash, Target, Consa, House, McGinn, Marvelous, Ramsey, Buendia, Watkins, Leon Bailey. So 4 3 3, little change up there. From uh, Dean Smith, he kind of noticed that something's not really going right with his defense. And no Mings. True. West Ham, 
you already know their lineup. Fabianski, Cresswell, Zuma, Bana, Johnson, Fornals, Bowen, Benrama, Sushek, Rice, Antonio. Uh, this one, it was kind of strange because West Ham were holding the ball, but they weren't doing a ton with it early on. And then they're able to get this Ben Johnson goal that really came out of nothing. Yeah, and it was one of those goals. It's like, how did that get through? Like, I feel like someone should have blocked that somewhere along the line. Yeah, no, it goes all the way through far post. Ben Johnson looking Ben fantastic. Johnson He's absolutely on fantastic one. Fantastic out here. Um, I want to say there was another chance for... No, it was Villa who had that corner. It fell to Bailey far post. Good save by Fabianski. Um, early on so Villa was hanging around and then 34th minute Watkins after a nice worked uh, set of spell of possession Buendia I thought that who was that on West Ham Fornals Fornals had the angle to cut him off and just let Buendia get the edge I don't know what what that was about and then it's like Rice kind of had to shift a little bit closer mm-hmm. to the ball, opens it up. Watkins for the goal. Yeah. Then shortly after, another one, kind of, it's almost like deja vu from the first goal, where it's like, it's a long how shot. did this go, go in from kind of the same angle too? It's a seeing eye goal. I mean, at that point, that, that's pretty frustrating for Villa because you're like, Man, we've conceded two goals that we really shouldn't have. Yeah, the announcer for one of them, I think it was the Declan Rice goal, the second one, was like, oh, and Martinez is claiming he didn't see it. It's like, no, he didn't, because there's like six guys in front of him. It was like a low strike on the ground. Of course he didn't see it. What do you mean? Acting like he saw it. Yeah, I feel like that more comes down to like individual efforts to close out on people. Try and close out and get a block on the ball. Just throw your body at it at some point. <clears throat> um, two one, going in half. In favor of West Ham, and then it gets a little dicey for Villa. Yeah, this this pretty much just seals off the game for Villa. I mean, Conta sent off. They're reviewing another foul. Goal scoring. Yeah, right. They were reviewing the foul before. Courtney House could have got sent off. I mean, the yeah. elbow to the head. That was. That was potentially red card worthy. This in game itself. was super chippy for like no reason. I did not come yeah. into this week thinking this would be a chippy game. Yet it was. But anyways, they go with the safer red card and say, "Oh, Kanza, denial of clear goal scoring opportunity, and yes. you're sent off." There's another one. Just more proof that everything goes against Arsenal. True, but you know what? Still got the dub, massive dub. Watkins. They still go down. Ten men. Hit the post. Yeah, they looked decent. I mean, shortly after the red card, they looked like they were still, you know, trying to get something out of the game. But, yeah, I mean, you you can only do so much if you don't score. You know, you're going to start to get pushback, especially by a team like West Ham. Yeah, it, you know, and it's kind of tough because you go into, if you're Dean Smith, you go in, you make your changes before this game, and you're like, all right, let's see how it goes. 50th minute red card that throws a monkey wrench just right in the middle of your plans you don't know exactly how you know maybe what maybe villa come back to win three two you never know because they looked fine in attack but we'll never know yeah so 
I, it would be interesting to see if Dean Smith sticks with this or kind of alters it back to the original formation. We'll have to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so West Ham pick up a pair of goals in the 80th and 84th minute. Uh, Four Nalls, first Just kind one. of counterattack yep. goals, what can you say? Um, Villa were pressed to kind of push up, not really, you know, they just kind of had to contain, and right. they weren't able to. I don't know if you saw on the first one the, like, header by Mikel Antonio in midfield, and Matty Target just, like, went up with him and just, like, dragged him down yeah. <laughs> from yeah. midair. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, so, yeah, it's Bowen to Fornells on the first one. Second one was Lanzini to Bowen. 4-1. I don't know if 4-1 was a fair scoreline for Villa, but... West Ham easily deserved the win, especially after the red. I feel like it kind of more shows the state of what Villa are right now. Like I think they've really been struggling. I picked their um, run of bad form too soon. I said it a while before then, and they were playing well to prove me wrong, and yeah. now they've kind of come back down to earth a bit. I mean, I respect the decision to go with the four-three-three, but... Just to change it up, because you're, it wasn't working before with your defense but now i mean my who issue knows? being the one who you sacrifice being mings yeah i feel like if he's fit you gotta play him like your defense is better with him in than without it yeah mings mings and ings i still love danny ings on yeah. this side going forward yeah. um provides a, something different but uh four one west ham they just keep trucking keep keep winning games Acquiring points. Keep, just hang around fourth. Just hang around <clears throat> four, five, six. That's all yeah. you got to do. See if they can keep it up going into a, the holiday time period where there's going to be more games and shorter amount of time. You know, they might have yeah. to switch up the lineup a little more than they're comfortable True, with. But they have that experience with the Europa League stuff, Yeah, playing that. So hopefully they'll get some guys in there that we haven't seen. Moving on, last game of the week, Wolves-Everton. The one you've all been waiting for, yes. Saw, Cody, Kilman, Saiz, Aitnuri, Neves, Semedo, Montinho, Jimenez, Trincao, Chan. So Neves obviously getting back in there after being out last week. Um, as far as Everton are concerned, Pickford, Holgate, Keane, Godfrey, Coleman, Alan, Townsend, Iwobi, the guy they got from Mainz a while back. Gabamin. Gabamin. He's a meme. All right. <laughs> Richarlison and Damari Gray. I was a little surprised to see Trincao back in the starting lineup. Uh, I was too. He's looked a little rough. Yeah. And he looked rough this game. Yeah, unfortunately. Getting to the game, Wolves were piling it on early, taking it to Everton. Unsurprisingly. Yes. It was relentless. Um, I don't know if they really... I guess it wasn't really a goal line clearance. It was just a save from Pickford on Neves. Yeah. Um, and then he had another one on your guy Trincao. Yeah, Pickford was looking pretty good. He was the only thing keeping alive. He's trying to go Ramsdale for his club out there. Then you realize it's Everton, and there's there's no keeper in the yes. world that could save Everton. And then Wolves doing what Wolves do. They look fantastic, and you think they've scored. But the ultimate rug pull, they have not scored. Of course, when I put Huang Hee-Chan into my fantasy team, he scores, but then it's ruled offside. Jimenez, great run, great layoff. Chan, 
the shot that goes in, ruled offside. But Wolves finally, finally score. 20th minute, Max Kilman off the corner. There's like four Everton guys on him. I don't know how no one got to that before him, but good header. Um, not much Pickford could do on that one. And then the back pass in the 32nd minute from Godfrey. Everton, Everton, Everton. You make it hard oh, on yourself. So painful. But a great chip from him and us. It was very nice. Yeah, First goal at the Molyneux for uh, 13 months, I think. Yes. So they go in half, 2-0. Um, right before half, they had a chance. Damari Gray had one. They, It was like hoofed forward. And it looked like nothing, and then Saiz like fanned on the ball, and Damari Gray had a breakaway, yeah, and it was just a terrible shot. Mm-hmm. Um, two nil at half, and then Wolves decide to let Everton back in the game. Yeah, for some reason, Jose saws like Richarlison, yo, let me pass this ball to you, <laughs> just directly to you. Just Jose saw things right there. Oh my gosh! I mean, him and Cody do enough just to clear it, but yeah. what were you gonna say? I was just gonna say like. Saw at times, it's like, wow, you know, he looks pretty decent. And then he it's, does stuff like this. It's the, it didn't make a non-Premier League reference, but it's the Roman Burke <laughs> thing. It's like he'll make saves that he shouldn't, and then he doesn't make saves or does stupid stuff yeah. when it's like, why did you do that? Um. Yeah, and then Jimenez with the post shot off the header. Well worked. Yeah, he's been looking good. Looks great in this game as well. Yep. Um, and then Everton go down. Was it a long throw or a corner that kind of set this up? And then they I feel like it was a long throw. Long throw, yeah. bounced out of the box. They kind of worked it around. Nice little passing sequence. Falls to Sam's guy. Oh, says gotcha. he does nothing. Alex Awobi. That's what you pay forty million for. Gets a goal. I don't know what Wolves' defense was on that because Cody and Saiz went to whoever's holding the ball up or, like, whoever was kind of near the block shot that went back to Wobi, And then there's no midfield guy around the edge of the box. Yeah. So Wobi was wide open to take a shot. I don't know what that defending was. Yeah, should not be wide open in that <laughs> kind of position. But, but anyways, he scored, and, you know, Everton – they have a chance. They have a chance. But they did nothing with anything after that. Yeah, it was pretty disappointing. I mean, you you were lucky to get that goal and then kind of have a chance at the game, but then you do nothing with it. But overall, this game, you know, another win for Wolves. They've been They're streaking. rattling off the dubs and good points. First half for Everton, just absolutely abysmal. I mean, you look at the midfield. You switch it up. You put... Gabamine in there with Alan. That guy was hot trash and did like absolutely nothing. Was kind of the same issue as Tom Davies. Like no one is organized in midfield and then you just get overran. Everton, don't take this personally. But I'm sick of your best player being Anthony Gordon. Yeah, true. Why did he not start? What he heck? looked fine. He was out there. He was kind of doing some stuff. He had a header that went just wide. I don't know. And something I noticed, when they took off Gabamine at the half, they brought on Fabian Delph. I'm thinking, yes. why isn't I Fabian Delph starting? He's better than any of these scrubs that they're playing. I mean, 
Fabian Delph is washed. Look, I washed. get it. I get it. Fabian Delph is bad, but Everton is worse. <laughs> Fabian Delph should be starting. Just put Anthony Gordon on there. Who cares? Why is Solomon Rondon coming on? Fabian Delph looked so much better than anything that they did. Did you know who's on the bench for this game? For Everton? Yeah. I'll wait till you see the name. Chenk Tosin? <laughs> like, he's still on Everton? I didn't know that until now. Well, he's got to be playing more than Solomon Rondon. I mean, come on. Jesus. Oh, my. Horrible. Horrible. Um, yeah, <laughs> I guess a good win for Wolves. Not really, but it's something. All I'll say, do you know where Wolves are in the table without looking? Wolves, I want to say they're probably like ninth. They're seventh. Okay. One point behind Arsenal and United. Tied on points with Brighton. A point ahead of Tottenham. Yeah, it just goes to show. I mean, you you put together a nice run and you're right up in there. Do you know where Southampton is? They got to be around 12th probably. Oh, okay. No, they're 14th. Okay. But they've been... I just say that just because I didn't think they'd be that high. Yeah. I mean, you string together a few wins. It's crazy what happens. Um, Time for team of the week before we get to the predictions. Yes. Ramsdale. I wanted to put McCarthy just... I wanted to Jesus say that just Christ, as a you joke. you would trigger me so hard. That would, that would have been so funny. I should have done it. Um, End of the podcast. I slammed the microphone over your head. Defense. Loten, Gabrielle, Joachim Anderson, Ben Johnson. Midfield, Gallagher, Rice, McNeil, Trossard. Up front, CR7, and Raul. Wasn't the strongest... 11 this week but nice variety in there yeah they looked they look all those guys looked fantastic yeah so coming up friday tomorrow friday we got a friday matinee game we got southampton versus aston villa this one's at southampton i don't know it's these one-off weird southampton games or sometimes they just get bombed is is southampton are they in good enough form to capitalize on aston villa's weaknesses i think it's less that Southampton are in better form and more so Villa are really looking I think Villa's form is worse than Southampton's is better. Yeah. I want to see if Southampton maybe rotates again on a shorter week. Maybe they bring Ambrosia. Maybe they bring in Diallo. Or maybe even uh Stu Armstrong gets a start. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Um and definitely be interesting to see with Villa's leaky defense what they are planning to do. Um if they stick with the four three three or go with Something else. I'm going to go with a one-all draw on this one. Yeah, I, w- I was thinking draw as well. I was thinking 2-2. Two, two. Okay. Although, you know, I really do like South Am- Southampton's Uh-oh. defense. Uh-oh. No, it they is good. They have been very solid, actually. Silesu and Bednarak as a center back pairing are good, especially Silesu. Yeah. And, then and I like their Lever wide Mento. defenders with Levermento, Walker-Peters, and Perot's had his moments, too. Yeah. And it's it's something when Southampton actually has a goalie you can semi rely on. That's better than a cardboard cutout. Yeah. Um, no, I'm I'm perfectly fine with yeah. Southampton, but I will stick with the one one draw. I'm thinking two two. All right. Yeah. Here comes the big one. United and City. Yeah, this'll be the game that Ole gets the sack, although now Conte is off the market, so Grant Potter. <laughs> Grand Potter at United. No, one. no, uh, Moyes? no, Eddie Howe. We'll Moyes, yeah. yes, Moyes. Um, maybe Gary Neville. 
<laughs> oh, please. <laughs> from from Valencia for a month to United. Talking about failing upwards. Isn't Ronald that Phil Coleman. Neville? I thought they were both there. Maybe it was Phil Neville was the official manager and then Gary was like an yeah. assistant. But Phil's at Inter-Miami. Yeah, bring him back. Bring him back. United, City, at Old Trafford. It's very unfortunate for United that City had to win last week. Or uh, lose, rather. Yeah. So now they're going to have even more motivation if they didn't enough already. 3-5-2 again, I would assume. If they go back to the back four, rest in peace. Um, I mean, the thing is, though, the teams that have exposed United have been playing pretty fast on the break. That's not really what City, City does. do. And especially if you have three center backs at the back, yeah. as long as Slabby's got his head on. Ferran actually looked pretty decent against Tottenham. Didn't have to do much, but he, he looked uh, half decent. And Lindelof this yeah. year, he's been in good form. So. Ver- Veron being out for another month, though. Oh, picked yeah. up another injury yeah so a I loss in that regard they might just go back to the back they might have to they might be forced into that but i think i think city will win but i don't think it will be quite the onslaught that maybe some united people throws out think. a wild card they, they haven't they haven't had one of those where they just pull a random youth guy out of nowhere and he scores yes. they haven't had one of that in a while yeah maybe they pull that <laughs> yeah that's what they channel um I'm going to go City 2-1. I was going to say 2-1 City as well. But I wouldn't be shocked if United won. Yeah, um, I mean, City are not pff, nothing to write home about right now, I would say. Who are they? Are they rotating Ake in? Oh, God, I hope not. I mean, for entertainment value, that sounds But who's fantastic. in? Because Laporte is a red. It's got to be Stones, right? He's looked trash. <sighs> I, but I'm, it, you're it probably right. Ake. You're I probably mean. right. Well, I mean, I'm just wondering that because Ake was in earlier this year, yeah. Too. So yeah, yeah you're right. But maybe because Ake was did nothing with his chance earlier, mm-hmm. they just go to stones. Um, Brentford, Norwich. What are we looking for in this game? I want to see a bounce back for Brentford. They've still had good performance. Well, I don't know if you put last week as a good performance. It had moments. The weeks before that were good performances. Yeah. Against, you know. Chelsea and whatnot, but um, I'd like to see that last week's performance was a one-off. Hopefully, and hopefully. not a trend. Well, I'm, I'm going to say two 0 Brentford. Two 0 Brentford. Yeah, I don't know because Norwich sometimes will hit on the counter. They don't actually score, but they hit on it. They go for it. Yeah. Um, I'll go. I picked Norwich to score last week. We'll we'll just go with the safe. Brentford 2-0. Moving on, Chelsea at home against Burnley, the streaking Burnley. Is this the game where Burnley beats Chelsea? No, I don't think so, only because Burnley used up their one win. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> they used up that win. Um, in this game, I think I might be watching for Burnley's long balls. They yeah. could maybe catch Chelsea out. I wouldn't expect it because Chelsea are always so sound defensively but there is talk of like Chelsea they're like a pundits being like are they gonna concede the least amount of goals and it's like when you when stuff like that gets start thrown around <laughs> yeah just wait that's when a Burnley will drop like a three goals on your head for no reason uh I'm gonna go Burnley's defense looked good last week I'll go 2-1 Chelsea 
I'm going to say 3-2 Chelsea. 3-2. I think we're going to get a little Cornier brace action. I just don't, I don't know. Chelsea's attack, we'll have to see. Maybe they rotate some guys in. Hopefully no Loftus-Cheek. Palace Wolves at Selhurst. I like this matchup. It's going to be, you like it for one reason, one reason only. Because it'll be an entertaining game? <laughs> yes. No, I was thinking because of that Selhurst. Oh, um, yes. That too. No, yeah, this game will be interesting. I want to watch, obviously Palace have a great midfield, and then Wolves with their dynamic duo of Neves and Montinho haven't been as hot as they were early on. Um, yeah. But still a formidable foe, as some say, nonetheless. <laughs> um yeah I, and then as far as wolves kind of looking sloppy defensively maybe palace able to capitalize on that yeah maybe palace come in pressing again wolves attack has looked pretty decent at times yet palace yeah. last week stepped it up especially their central defenders mm-hmm. so yeah it'll be a- i don't have a great feel for this game i know I like both <laughs> these teams i think that's why i don't have a great feel for it yeah I'm gonna go with a one-one draw. Yeah, I, I, I feel I like could this easily is a see it really going hard one to call two-nil to either side. Yeah, it's it's pretty but, level, I would say. I, I'm gonna say two-one Palace. Okay. Brighton and Newcastle somehow the premier game Saturday. Who scheduled this? Someone thought see Bruce would still be along. I guess. Yeah. It would be true. a much better game if Bruce was here. Yeah, it would be honestly. <laughs> now it'll just be. It'll just be Brighton passing, the having ball. all the ball. I really hope in this game Brighton just don't get conservative and try and like walk the ball into the net. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. I don't want that because if that's the case, I might have to go nil nil. I was thinking the same thing, nil nil. I'm going one nil Brighton only because I want something. Good. I'm going to say nil nil. I think Newcastle will sit back and get a point. Moving on to Sunday, I don't know. I have so many Sunday games that upsets me. Um, Arsenal Watford at the Emirates. Can Arsenal keep it going against Watford? You would hope so. I what mean, are you looking for in this game as an Arsenal supporter? I I think you just you know you want to keep the good form rolling. You don't want to have one of these games where you slip up to a team like Watford. I mean, it happens to everyone, but you're hoping it doesn't happen to you. Yeah, I mean. If I'm looking at something in this game, I don't know how Arsenal are going to be able to, because they're not really like on the counter when they're scoring these goals lately, but they're faster build-up play. I think they're going to be potentially, if Arteta wants to, they can do the horseshoe, and that's my worst concern for them. Yeah, that is concerning. They get they get in their own heads about this, and then they let Watford counter. Yeah. But then it's like maybe Arteta's thinking, we can't do that. We have to just keep the way we're playing. But Watford just can't ever hold possession, really. Yeah. That's the only problem. And then, like like you are saying earlier, 4-5-1 for Watford. I need to see that five in midfield. Yeah. Um, otherwise, Smith Rowe is going to be running wild all over you, Watford. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with a 2-0. Arsenal victory. I'm going to say 1-0 Arsenal. Everton. Tottenham. Wow. Oh, you know, I got to mention this real quick because Newcastle already went. They hired Eddie Howe. Initial thoughts on this. I don't think he'll be managing this week, but they got their typical 4-4-2. I think it gives them somewhat of a chance 
if he's going Wilson and St. Maximin up front. He knows Wilson. He knows Richie. He knows Richie. Yeah, a lot of guys actually came from Bournemouth, but I mean, I, I if, like if there that was one them. guy who was going to keep him up this season, I think Eddie Howe could do it. Yeah. But I still would probably bet on them going down, honestly. I think anything's got to be better than Graham Jones. Well, that's, yes. <laughs> I can't argue with that. Yes. Uh, back to Everton, Tottenham. Conte will be there. Conte versus Rafa at Goodison. What are we thinking here? I feel like it's too soon for the new manager bump. But it could happen, I suppose. I mean, they won today in there. I feel like Kane... Conference League. Or Kane's probably. deadness can overpower any That's what I was going to ask you. What's, what is, is Kane's deadness or Everton's shite defending? Everton are really bad, but so are Tottenham. God, and you know, Michael Keane had a pretty decent game against Wolves, but it's just like one or two times where he slips up and then the whole thing goes to shit, and it's kind of unfortunate for him because yeah. he plays well for most of the You game. know who I feel bad for in Everton's defense? Who? Seamus Coleman. Man, that guy's a trooper battling it out. Well, when you go from pushing for Champions League spots to whatever the hell they are now, you feel bad. He's for seen it all. Yes. Um, I want to see if if there's any remote way that he can at, that Conte can at least get Sun going. Yeah. There, that has to happen. You need your elite guys to be elite. Um, I don't know. I I I'm struggling to feel this one out. I'm gonna go with a two-one Tottenham. I'm going to say 2-0 Tottenham. Leeds, Leicester, uh, at Elland Road. I think this will be a tough one for Leeds. I do too. I think it's going to be probably 3-1 or 3-0. Yeah, I, I like 3-0. Leeds just, it's been a tough season. I don't think it's going to get any better in Cooper this one. just like has his head up his ass at just for extended periods of time, I feel like. Like the goal they conceded against Norwich, he's like marking them. And he just kind of peels off, and then, like, Llorente has to kind of sprint for him to get him. Like, I just don't Yeah, I don't know what they're doing. He's the kind of guy that you can get away with when you have better players around him. But when he gets more exposed, like, the way he has been this season, it's like, it's okay, rough. you're really seeing. Yeah. I would like a Jamie Vardy brace potentially hat trick. We need to see a little Jamie Vardy action. I'm going to say that Pats and Daka scores in this one. Oh, boy. West Ham, Liverpool, no Nabi Keita for this one as far as I know. Yeah, let's see what West Ham have to offer Liverpool. West Ham's defense right now is looking pretty damn good. Yeah. I want to see if they're able to hold up against Liverpool because I don't know if guys like Ogbana and Zuma are the best in terms of stopping guys like Salah because they're so quick, but they are bruiser center backs they are punishing guys um if there's a lot of contact and stuff it might wear down on some of these liverpool guys but if it's not a more physical game it's a finesse game i back liverpool i'm gonna go with a 3-2 liverpool victory yeah i like the matchup from a west ham perspective perspective i feel like you can play quick and potentially beat liverpool on the counter catch them exposed with the weaker midfield not having Kaita in there. I'm going to say a 2-2 draw again for okay. Liverpool. I, I just do like West Ham's 
offensive capabilities. Yeah, their attack right now is looking pretty good, especially after last week. Do we have a prediction, or is your prediction DACA? Yeah, DACA. And then just a random one. I have a feeling there's going to be like a random Tottenham player that makes an appearance for some reason. I don't know who Can that we pull would up be. Their squad real quick, and we'll end the pod. Harry on Winks, that. maybe. <laughs> Harry Winks. Oh my god! I don't know. Let me see this. Joe Rodon. Oh gosh. Let me see. Let me go through their squad. I hope it's Golini. Tanganga back in the lineup, maybe. I don't. Davison know. Sanchez, Matt Doherty. There's a lot of options. <laughs> Harry Winks. I forgot they still have Ryan Sessegnon. Yeah. The- that was they a ruined bad that move man. for him. They ruined that man. Brian Heal. Does he get in there? I think he's hurt. Bergvine. That's my pick. Steve Bergvine. Even though he subbed on this weekend, he starts or something. Yeah, other than that, I mean, the Cornier brace. That's oh, prediction. Boy. So. You got three you're rolling this week. Yeah. Can't keep track of one. I no. Definitely can't keep track we of one. We throw them out there just for entertainment value, and yeah. that's simply what this is. We're like. The, the guys on the sports shows where they just rattle off hot takes and are not held accountable at them at all for them at all. So. Sam, the game is slowing down for Emil Smith Rowe. He's seeing what he has to do out there. I cannot believe the way he is playing. He is absolutely on another level. That's, that's the worst part about American soccer pundits is that they just use like buzzwords half the time and stuff the way he moved to the touchline was incredible (laughs) oh my gosh next thing you know mr smith is commentating on soccer i watch the world cup i watch ronaldo i watch messi emil smith bro he's right up there for me this has been the premiership perosal podcast Thank you for listening.